We would like to thank you for joining us for another broadcast of Looking to Jesus. Again, I am John. My name is John Hines. I'm the preacher for the Church of Christ in North Ridgeville, Ohio. My co-host is... Daniel Sanders. I am the preacher for the Norwalk Church of Christ located just west in Norwalk, Ohio, south of Sandusky, near Cedar Point. You had to throw all that in there, didn't you? I had to today. You know, just want to let everybody know where we're at. I just moved here. I don't know what's around me. <laughs> I'm just south of a big body of water. Yeah, it's you know, I, I could do that too. Lake but... Erie, that's what I know. But anyway, good to see you, Daniel. How are you doing today? Doing good. How are you doing today? Uh, doing all right. Hope hope everyone out there is doing well. If you're listening to this, last week was our first episode where we talked about looking to Jesus. And we really just stuck there in, what was it, Hebrews chapter 12, looking to Jesus as the, the author and the finisher of the faith. And we spoke about spoke about that chapter and some of that context. You know, and in this episode, I, I was thinking about when people, when people think of Jesus. And, and a lot of people, obviously, a lot of people think about Jesus at different times of the year. But when they usually think about Jesus, it's... It's from Bethlehem on, and they think of Jesus in in the manger. Uh, not too many people think about Jesus at 12 years old, even though Luke talks about him being 12 years old there in the temple. But you have that you have that chapter as he went and he was subject to his to Mary and Joseph, and then all of a sudden he's about 30 years old, and you have you have the ministry, of course, and you have the gospels. But when most people think about Jesus, they think about that. And what I was what I was toying around thinking about, um, however you want to phrase it, is the fact that Jesus actually existed before any of that. I was thinking about Jesus in the times of the Old Testament, the, the pre-incarnate Jesus. And you can tell if you're listening to this, the title that we've given this podcast is Before the Word Became Flesh. And we know from John 1, we know from John 1 what it says, that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. But eventually the Word did become flesh, but that's not talking about man's beginning. That's talking about eternity. Mm-hmm. And it's and so while there are similarities to Genesis 1 in John 1, in the beginning, Genesis 1 is very much the beginning of creation, but John 1 is not creation. John 1 is we're, we're going into eternity and thinking about Jesus. We're, we're thinking about the pre-incarnate Jesus. We're thinking about deity. And we're thinking about how he always has been well before the manger. And so a lot of times people just don't think about the pre-incarnate Jesus. What do you think, Daniel? Am I getting? Am I going to get my kite kite up too far in the air? No, I think you're good with that. You know, again, it does happen. It does happen from time <laughs> to time. I am known to get my kite up in the air. <laughs> there's a there is that understanding, you know, where we when we think we think on the physical term of everything, the physical part of Jesus. Like when you were talking about, we read in Matthew one when he was born. We read about there and about when he was in the temple at twelve years old. Then we kind of jump ahead. A lot of the what the gospel account records is his time and his teaching here on earth and that's what primarily what people think about of things when it comes to jesus and so again there's that you know again jesus is not just another man or another person he is the son of god and we see there are there are different things about jesus that he is able to do that not any ordinary man would be able to do and as you know you're referencing there in john chapter one it says you know 
Verse 3, all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. And then there in John chapter 1, verse 14, where it talks about the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Prior to all that, we see in the beginning when Christ was there. He was involved with all things there in the beginning and was able to be there with God. And we see a unique certain a unique situation there pointing out that, yes, uh, although Jesus came in, in the form of flesh and blood, he was there in the beginning. When we think about our own existence of things, we think about how when our existence happens when we were there, when we were, when we're born, we see that we uh, are a living being. But Jesus was there in the beginning prior to his taking on a form of flesh and blood. Yeah, and to your point about, you know, we usually dwell on on what we can see. Mm-hmm. And the one of the passages I wanted to look at here before we get into the body of our study today, it's in Colossians chapter 1. In Colossians 1, what you said just reminded me, this is Colossians 1 at verse 15, talking about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. And that as the word became flesh, we know what John 4 says, God is spirit. And so when we think about this is the pre-incarnate, this is before the word became flesh. In the beginning is, is the word. And, and once he became flesh, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. So to the point, he is the image of the invisible God. The invisible became visible. Philippians speaks about, and it's Philippians chapter 2 at verses 5 through 7, where it talks about he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but I think the New American Standard uses the phrase, he emptied himself, what it literally means. He became, as it speaks about, his servitude and that he came to this earth. But he was not created at Bethlehem. That, that's, not, that's not his origin story. That's when the word became flesh, but he existed well before that. And, and so we do see him, we do see him in the Old Testament. Yes. And we see some references. I mentioned mentioned John 1. Another one is 1 Corinthians 10 when it's talking about how all, how all Israel came out of Egypt and they all came through the Red Sea. And they all, I think it talks about they're baptized into Moses. Yes. In that same verse, it talks about, and they drank from that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. And you wouldn't know that looking in Exodus. No. It just talked about the rock and the location of the rock. Yeah. And and it just it talks about talks about that. But then all of a sudden when the Holy Spirit is explaining it, it's like, oh, and it's that that was Jesus. Jesus was was seeing to their needs. And of course they didn't appreciate it like they should have. And we you know, the overall point of First Corinthians ten that these things were written for our admonition, and we better not tempt Christ. The same passage talks about, let us not tempt Christ as some of them also did. And that Jesus was very much there. That Jesus was there in the Old Testament. And now, to your point you made a minute ago, Jesus was there in creation. And we don't we don't think about that too often, just because we are more familiar with what we can see. But let, let's go ahead and come back to Genesis chapter 1. And let's look at 
I want to see if we can if we can look to Jesus in the creation account. So back in Genesis one is where we're gonna go. And since oh were you already there, Daniel? Read read chapter one, verses one through whatever you want to read to. Okay. Genesis chapter one, beginning with verse one, says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Go ahead and stop there. Okay, if you want to. <laughs> no, that's that's fine. One of the we we can actually see and I do keep referring to him as Jesus. In the beginning was the word. And so pardon me if I do keep referencing him as Jesus. I don't think that's I don't think that's wrong. We're talking about the person is is who we're talking about. And one of the interesting things about this passage is that that word for God, in the beginning God created, that word is plural. That word God is plural. It's the word Elohim. Um, not a not a Hebrew scholar by any stretch of the imagination, probably not pronouncing the word correctly. But this speaks to that idea in Colossians that we read, all things were made through him and all things were made for him. Because that the point of that Colossians passage is talking about is talking about Jesus and the preeminence of Jesus. And all things were made through him and for him. Just from that concept, I think you can show the plurality there. If all things were made through and for him, that's pointing to a plurality in the creators. All things made through, all things made for. And here in Genesis 1.1, that word is plural. That that word for God, it is a it is a plural word. And so it's interesting. That sort of flies in the face. There there are religions out there who teach that they they are opposed to the idea of the Trinity. And, and I'm just thinking of some of the oneness denominations. And they believe that nope, there are not three. There and, and while the word Trinity is not found in the Bible, the word Godhead is. Well, we and, also see the the when Jesus taught, you know, the the idea of, and I'm not I'm using the word loosely about the Trinity. There in Matthew 28, it talks about Jesus, you know, we're to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So we see a combination of all three as well mentioned. There, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, that's all right. And and people will, if you've ever, if people have ever had a chance to study with with those who believe in oneness. Oh, they kind of make hay of that passage a little bit because they say, well, yeah, but it says in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, but um, I think it still holds water because Jesus says in the same passage, all authority has been given to me. Well, that implies a giver. Yeah. And I think you can show from other passages the giver of all authority, according to 1 Corinthians 15, all things are put under his feet that the one who puts all things under his feet is accepted, that it's talking about the Father. And our Philippians passage, I think, shows that as well. He did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he subjected himself. And so here in the beginning, though, we see in the beginning God created. And we see in that plurality, and, and we'll, we'll see more of that plurality here in just a moment, 
But, you know, it's an interesting passage, Genesis Genesis 1-1. And you have the creation account. And there are things that are above our pay grade, Daniel. There are things that I just don't understand about creation. For example, God said, let there be light, and there was light. That's not talking about the sun. That's not talking about the moon. That's not talking about the stars. That's talking about something else. I'm just talking about something else that's just in general because we see the, the, now creation, ask, the creation of everything Now ask else. me what something else is. What's, what's something else? Jim? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've heard people speculate about what it is, but it's honestly just speculation. Can't know for sure. But I think what we can say for sure And when we think about that idea of all things were made through him, and what we have is we have God issuing commands, let there be light, and there was light. Yeah. God said, let let this happen, and it happened. So we have the issuance of commands, and we have the carrying out of the commands. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you something real quick on on the subject of light. Now, uh, think about this. You did it to me last week. Okay. For instance, in Revelation 21, where... We're going all the way to Revelation. I'm I'm going to Revelation. I don't want to... I'm going from the beginning all the way to the end. In episode two. Revelation 21, where it talks about the the new Jerusalem, where all people, uh, where the state are going to dwell. Yeah. There's no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the glory of God illuminated the lamb is its light. Yeah. Could that be, you know... Is that could that be similar to that light or maybe a thought? Because again, we're talking about no need of the sun and the moon. You know, the, it's going to be gone. Those things are going to be gone. And before those things were even created, God said, "Let there be light." There was light. Uh, and I, I will be. say the only the only issue I would have with that, and it is interesting the concept of light. Yeah. And how light precedes everything else. But it does look like light. God said, "Let there be light." Yeah. And there's a creation there. Right, And one of the issues that people run into is there are religions that teach that Jesus was created. Yeah, that's and, true. And we're not trying to say Jesus was created because all things, I think the Colossians passage actually says there was everything that was made and there was nothing that was made. Oh, how does it phrase it? Let me, let me get back over there. There you go, Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. How does it phrase it? For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. Yeah, I'm thinking of a different passage. Here, say something while I... I'm trying to think of the passage that talks about there was nothing... Here, let me do a quick search, see if I can pull up. There was nothing that was made... Oh, let's see. Yeah, this is John 1 at verse 3. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Well, I read that earlier. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm dropping the ball already. But anyway, Jesus was not created is, is one of the points that we can see that Jesus is actually a part of the creators, I guess you would say, as as we have the plurality, as we have... God, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But I, I think that helps us, it, it helps me, because John 1, it really is an odd way to describe. But when we think about a word, why would you describe Jesus as the word? 
when we think of a word, we think of concept you know, or a. Some people, like I've had it, I've had it before where when when we've when we studied John one, you know, somebody would say, well, that that meant the Bible, you know, because we see it's a bunch of words. We call right. the Bible the word, right? You know, you know, some people say, well, there that's what the word was, and then said, well. If it just stopped there with like John one verse one and didn't yeah. say anything else after you know verses two maybe down to verse fifteen, if nothing was said about it, then we could maybe make that conclusion. But you know Jesus is a word; He has provided a way. I think I think John fourteen six kind of helps better understand that word where He says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." Right. So going with what you were talking about about a concept or an idea or not just not just physical words, but a an action, a form, a showing of yeah. everything. He he is the the will of God. Yeah, and he carries out the will of God. Yes, we should say. Yeah, and and I think that's my point that all things were made through him. Right. God, the Father, the Architect, spoke, and it was carried out. You have this issuance of commands and this obedience, and and, and so I think with that. Because we always make the point, God spoke. God spoke and it just happened. Yeah. No, God spoke and the command was carried out. All things were made through him and for him. And so you have this this idea of obedience. And so I wonder if that doesn't help us to think about the word. One of the things I've I've mentioned in sermons before there in John 1 about the word, because Jesus is described... You know, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Why refer to him as the word and not as grace or love or whatever else? And one of the things I've wondered is, is it a possibility that the word encompasses everything? It's the word of God. So does that include grace? Yes. That includes grace, mercy, love. That also includes do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not, you know, it includes everything. Yeah. That the word is all encompassing and it's the will of God. And before it was ever written on the page, it is, it is God's will. And that we have the pre-incarnate Jesus in the beginning was the word. And so here we have the creation account. Um, to move on to the next passage. And, and like I said, there are other passages here that I think show the plurality and the one that's that's real obvious is as towards the end of creation, there in verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image according to the likeness. Oh, my eyes aren't working today. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. I think you can show from that. You know, I think sometimes, fellas, we're like, yep, man, man was made first. And so man was created in the image of God. Uh, that's not what that verse just said. That just verse just said male and female, he created them. And that... So to to look at that idea, let us, and so now we, we very definitively have that plurality. Let us make man in our image. And so the, then the question is, Daniel, what does that mean? Let us make man in our image. What does it mean to be made in the image of God? Well, I think, you know, 
being able to uh, have a soul. I think there's part of that being able to have not just a physical, just a physical capsule, you know, our, our physical body. For one thing, because the physical bodies of the two parties are different, male and female. Yeah. So it's like, well, if if the male body is a reflection of God, you'd have to say, well, what about the female body? <laughs> that there, it must be talking about something else. Yeah. And I think it does speak to the idea of... Because, you know, when you think about all the different things that have been created that man's going to have dominion over. Right. And you start asking the question... Uh, do they do do these other li- uh, animals or these creatures have souls? I know some people want to be able to say, "Well, yes, yes, they do." Daniel, don't you say anything bad about my dog? Uh, Trust me, I know they're just all three of mine. <laughs> uh, no, no, but yeah, you're the animal guy. Yeah, the animal guy. Three dogs, two two cats, twenty one rabbits, two goats. Anyway, <laughs> and now for an advertisement for Daniel Sanders Petting Zoo. Well, yeah, well, we, we do have Sanders Family Farm over there. Uh, anyway, but you know, the other, all those creations—they don't have souls. I mean, do they still feel? They feel all the pain, but you know, we don't read about them having souls. We read about God having this special relationship with man and woman, and how he breathed into us the breath of life as we look later on. Yeah. They're in chapter two where and it talks about that man verse, becomes a, li- yeah. Verse seven, man becomes a living being and woman becoming a, li- uh, becoming this living being as well, that God has given us the breath of life and has given us that soul. I think that's where I would look at that and being able to, to see, to see some of that similarity there from Genesis one twenty six. What do you got? I'm looking up the passage, you know, and along the the concept of this special relationship. And the relationship's going to be broken, obviously, in chapter 3, as sin enters the picture. And you have the whole redemption story. And just to illustrate the concept of, of that special relationship, Hebrews chapter 2 at verse 16 talks about, and talking about Jesus, it says, for indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. And I think you can show from that Jesus went to the cross. Were there angels, Daniel? Were there angels who sinned and yes. did not keep their proper domain? Yes. yes. Did Jesus go to the cross for them? No. no. <laughs> I think this verse pretty clearly shows it. He does not give aid to angels. And that e- even with those that sinned, the angels sinned. And my point is, in thinking about the special relationship that mankind has, as man was made in the image of God, the other creatures, the other the other things that were created, they were not made in the image of God. Mankind was. And I don't understand all the nuts and bolts of everything. I, I don't, you know, I'm not saying, you know, in thinking about animals and other things, I think there's a, there's th- things that I I don't understand. I'm not animals can't sin. Yeah, angels can. Angels have, and God's going to hold them accountable. But Jesus does not give aid to angels. Yeah, and I want I'm going to add one more thing. You were mentioned Hebrews too. You know, the, part of this relationship that we have of being able to look to Jesus as the title of our podcast is verse 15 of Hebrews chapter four, 
We do not have a a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but it was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. We see there is that relationship of the the us when Jesus took on that form of flesh and blood that he went through some similar things that we have went through. And, and but did not commit sin, you right. know. So there is that Jesus can understand the things, the trials, the temptations that we go through, just not giving in to sin. He offers, as you mentioned there in Hebrews two, he offers aid to us to yep. the seed of Abraham. He offers that help for us, and he has made us in his in a similar image and being able to provide those things and blessings that we can have. Yep, very much so. So when we think about being made, how man was made in the image of God. And we think about the soul, think about the spirit. We we might think about how man was given dominion. And there may be something in there, let us make man in our image. Well, what did they have? They had dominion. It's the creator who has dominion. The potter has dominion over the clay. Well, man didn't create anything, but God gave him dominion. Yeah. And he gave him dominion over, as it talks about, all the various creeping things and the birds of the air and the cattle and the fish of the sea. All those things mentioned there in chapter 1, or chapter, yeah, chapter 1, verses 26, 27. So you have that dominion. Man is put in the garden. He's given responsibility. Put him in there to tend and to keep it. And so you have this, this dominion, this accountability, this responsibility. And so it's different than the other animals. Yeah. And, you know, in thinking about the dominion he had, and I was in studying for this, I, I was mindful of Cain and Abel. And when Cain sins, or when Ken, when Cain's offering is not respected, and the Lord talks to him, and the Lord says, let's see, this is chapter 4, at verse 7, he says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and it's, desires for you but you should rule over it yeah it's like you should rule over sin to add and, to that is romans six fourteen. do not let sin reign right. over your mortal body right that that idea of dominion yeah and from the beginning when when man was created in god's image they were to have dominion over again the cattle the birds all those things including the creeping things and lo and behold, who is it who's going to creep into the garden? And it's the serpent. And it's like, you're supposed to have dominion over that serpent, and instead you let that serpent deceive your wife, and you end up eating as well. And they did not apply the dominion they were given. Just like with Cain, the devil, the slanderer, the one who has lied from the beginning, the the they let the the devil in rather than ruling over it like they should have. Yeah. And that dominion, I wonder if there's not an aspect of that in let us make man in our image that as God has dominion, he gave dominion to man. And then you see what man did with it as well. All right, come on to chapter 3 now. Chapter 3 of course we have the temptation, we have the fall. And towards the end of it, another place where we see this plurality. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to see Jesus in this, right? Looking unto Jesus. So we've seen Jesus, chapter 1, verse 1. That word is plural. We've seen, Genesis, we've seen Jesus in chapter 1. Let us make man in our image. Jesus is there. And then in chapter 3, at verse 22, 
Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us. Once again, there's Jesus. Man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever, therefore the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove the man out. And there's Jesus again. Now this one is, is it's interesting to me, and we were talking about it before we started recording, in that man has become like one of us to know good and evil. Now, I think what's interesting to me, and everybody else may think this is as boring as all get out, I don't know, but when did man know good and evil? Well, that's when they ate. They ate, their eyes were opened, right? Isn't that what it says? She also gave the eyes of them, verse 7, the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed, right? They did those things. Yeah. So all of a sudden, they knew good and evil. But for the Lord to say, behold, man has become like one of us to know good and evil. That means that the Lord knew good and evil before man knew good and evil. And that good and evil already on some level, perhaps just conceptually, and this is where it gets getting a little speculative, but there is already... There was already the concept of good and evil. And I think, you know, you mentioned Revelation. Revelation is also the place where it talks about the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. The plan was already in place. The plan was in place before creation. Before Genesis 1-1, the plan was already in place. And in order for the plan to already be in place, there had to already be a recognition and a discernment between good and evil. Now, whether we could, whether we might talk about the devil or the angels that did not keep their proper domain or just conceptually, God gave commands. And if God gave commands, there's the possibility for disobeying the commands. And we know some angels, they disobeyed. When is another question. Yeah. The devil, all things that were created were good. Yeah. Yeah, we see, we see that in Genesis 1 right. where... All things were good. Every time we see something created, almost, I'd say almost every time, it says God saw that it was good. Either good or very good. Yeah. But things did not stay good. Things did not stay good for man. And I don't think it's outside of what's of what's appropriate to say, things did not stay good for the angels. Yeah. The question is just when. Yeah. And that's when we started going into speculations of everything where, uh, you know, we want to be able to say, well, maybe it was here, maybe it was there. And we don't, we just don't know. Yeah. Uh, We just don't know. And, and, you know, to be able to try to say, you know, I can understand where it's coming from, where that, that question kind of comes in now. I didn't really think about it myself. I just kind of, you know, you read those parts and, 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 you know, we associate the, well, there's the beginning of sin because that's where man sins. That's where we talk about ourselves. But then, the, you know, the angels, they fall from heaven. The world, how did the serpent know what was good and evil? When did that come right. into play? You know, we talk about when all that, when all that was, you know. Right. Sometimes if we try to go chase down the rabbit hole. Sometimes we just, yeah, we that's never, kind of my we MO. Never, we never that's can get MO. out, though. Sometimes. Squirrel. Oh, squirrel. Sorry. <laughs> there's, a, yeah, there's a squirrel again. <laughs> or in this case, a serpent. Yeah. And there's just things we don't know from the scenes, how we're, we're kind of running short on time a little bit from the context. I do think it's interesting to think about Jesus and to think about, you know, you mentioned the revelation passage. 
the tree of life shows up again in that revelation passage. Yeah, there in 22 verse 14. And I mean, it's it's right there. And Jesus is also here in chapter 3 where the Lord is talking to the serpent. And the Lord says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And that the devil was going to be crushed. That's what was going to happen. And as Adam and Eve sinned, there in verse 20, verse 21, it says, Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. And I like to make the point about that. In order to make tunics of skin, what are you going to have to do with an animal? I have to have to kill it. You're going to have to kill an animal. And I wonder if there's not something in here about without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. I wonder if there's not something in there that that the Lord had to kill an animal in order for them to be clothed as he wanted them to be clothed. But of course, ultimately, salvation is not going to be found in a dead animal, even if that is what is going on. Right. Salvation is not going to be found until between your seed and her seed. And you have the first seed promise that Jesus is going to come. And there Jesus is. And he's there way before the manger, way before Bethlehem, that he's there in Genesis 1. He's there in the beginning. Yeah, He's there in creation. He's there as man was created. And he's there as man falls. He's there every actually every step of the way. So I thought we might, at least for, for my part, close out back in our Colossians passage in talking about all things were made through him and for him. Oh, if I can get over there. This is Colossians 1. And we left off when we read it at the beginning. This is Colossians 1, verse, as it talks about, verse 15, he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Verse 16, all things were created, visible and invisible, thrones or dominions, principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. That's an interesting verse in itself. He's the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. So might think about spiritual matters at that point and just think about the church. And the problem all along has been, we know what Genesis says, lest they take of the tree of life and live forever. He said, the day you eat of it, you'll die. And in the church, we have the answer for death because the answer is Jesus. I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And Jesus is the head of the church and he has preeminence. So there we see Jesus and there we see Jesus's plan of salvation. And there we see the vehicle, if you will, that Jesus uses. He built the church. I will build my church. Just as he created all things, he creates the church. So, creates all things for us to be able to provide a way, to be able to overcome sin, to be able to be part with him, to be able to look to him, to know him, to follow him, to obey him. It's all there. You know, it says he was there, you know, again, looking at things in the beginning, he was there. And through him, through God, they have provided a way for man even because of our sin, because of our neglect, he has provided a way for us always 
to be able to know him and to seek him always and to be part of him for us all now. We see the blessing through Christ, through his blood, that we all can look to him for that guidance, for that help, for all things that we can be able to put to death our sins and to have life. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. First yes. John two verse two. And the way I've I've heard I've heard preachers say it for years, and I think it's just a a very good and a very scriptural way to phrase it. The Son of God became the Son of Man so that sons of men can become sons of God. There you go. It's all laid out for us and it's all been yeah. made very simply put for us to be able to be part to be those precious living stones that God has blessed us and has made us able to be part of his church. Yep. First Peter two, four and five. There you go. We'll close on that thought. Appreciate you, Daniel. Appreciate everything always. Thank you. Yep. Appreciate everyone tuning in. If you're tuning in, feel free to share it with friends, friends and family, whoever I'm just trying to get the word out as we all look unto Jesus. Appreciate you listening. Tune in next week.